Not too much podcast episode three. How's everybody doing? My chest is contracting. <laughs> Go ahead. Cena, I'm Jonathan. This is Cena, and today we have a very special guest for you guys. This is Jake Gallen, guest host of the Guest List podcast. Thank you guys for having me, man. It's seriously an honor to be your first guest on what is now the T2M Marketing Show or podcast. podcast. T2M Podcast. T2M Marketing Show? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> All right. Uh, Look at me. Start, I am the captain now. Yes. Well, you know, that's how we roll here. You actually are. Uh, well, well, hold on. Where's your guest list shirt? <laughs> I'm wearing a really nice white shirt. That's all I need. <laughs> Isn't it crazy to see how far both of us have come since I had you on my show? You've I mean, I haven't come that far. I mean, think about my my situation. Uh, I'm episode two, so I'm still fairly new. You're episode 53, so you really <laughs> have come far. Uh, we, you know, we just started this marketing agency. I got my LLC official this week. I put in the order like three weeks ago. I just got all my papers, everything this week. I got my bank account set up today. And I'm going to finalize it on Friday. So this is literally kind of our debut week. Um, I do, I, but I will say, watching you, I am very motivated because he's come far. Indeed. He is, what, you got episode 53 right now? 50, I've recorded 53. There's 48 that have been released. You always got to have a few in the bank yeah, just yeah. in case uh, life mm-hmm. takes over. You never know what may happen. Really? That's dope. I, you record that far ahead? Uh, yeah, I, I don't like to go too far ahead. Um, this is the the farthest I've ever been ahead, but as we were saying before the show, and now it's getting to the point where people are starting to hit me up, and there's certain opportunities that I don't want to put too far ahead of schedule yeah. and mm-hmm. kind of piss people off or just lose out on that massive opportunity. And so, you're, you're the host of the Guest List Podcast, just to clarify for you guys. I am, I am host of the Guest List Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Explain what that is, everybody, to uh, everybody, please. So the Guest List Podcast is a show that I started back in April. It's actually a show that I've been sitting on for around two years before I actually put it into action. And Why? I was, I was spread too thin when I had that, that idea pop into my head. I was running an antique store that I founded, and I was a co-founder of a ticket verification app called Chameleon Verify Network. And so I was simultaneously running two businesses while working at the number one nightclub in the United States. Excess is a lot better than Omnia. Excess um, is rated number one. No, Omnia is actually. No, Omnia, you can't. I guess, it dep- I guess it depends on what magazine and rating metric. I will have to just challenge Jake. It's that like, he needs to win. It's like it's like Fox and CNN. Whatever lens yeah. you, you tend to view society through is wherever you want to view the ratings. So it, you it probably make there. more money at Omnia than Buster's do at Excess, but Excess is the go. They have a count. Yeah, Excess to me, I just I um the win is the god. Per- per- no per- win. Personally, I think win has better DJs. And the win has a bigger name, actually. Like just the, the win. The only five-star company. Exactly. Company. But no. I will say, if I uh, Buster, like the Busters at Omnia have no, like you could, you said that you could make. Yeah, there, there's no ceiling on on the amount of money you can it's make. A career. Because that's a side. That's a side tip. Uh, I, no, you, people make wise. people make it a career. It, it's, they do. It's a real job with real money. If exactly. You know, if you want to put it in that, in that framing. And then you said people make it a career. That's interesting. People can make it a career. Yeah. Some people kind of get sucked into it. You're young. You know. You work out, or you're a beautiful model, and then you start making money that doctors are making, and you only work three or four days a week. You're like, well, that's holy a, shit. It's, it's just what that is in, this it's just that in Vegas. It's, it's just the hospitality like city. So like for that amount of money. Of course, people are going to think it's like, that's great money. They're going to stay in that type of thing. That's not necessarily, and guys, like, if we're being honest, how much do you think, don't bullshit, but how much do you think an average bus route Omnia would make per year? 
needs mm. to be realistic here. It depends on your seniority, but I would say it's between 80 to 120, depending okay. on where your seniority is. And it, the nightclub's only open three days a week. So let's say $80,000 a year. You know, that, that, for a lot of people in Las Vegas, guys, like, would you... This is going to tie into our conversation later on about leaving your comfort zone, doing something like we're doing. But guys, $80,000 a year working for pretty girls at a nightclub, like, is it that bad? I've said Omnia is the best launch pad I could have ever received in life. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? It's given you, it gives you some sort of relative financial freedom to go on and build these other projects that you want to do, like the antique store or chameleon. the yeah, chameleon, the verify. And now... The podcast as well. I had some some extra income when the pandemic happened, and I, I bought all the equipment, and I scaled it slowly but surely. A <laughs> guess this podcast. <laughs> that's it's, it's it's a metric in Vegas, which is something that I think goes unnoticed a lot. Is that Las Vegas and Nevada is always ranked in the very bottom of education, right? It's always forty eighth, forty ninth, or literally dead last. But the amount a little skewed, but yeah. It's, yeah. I'm telling you. It's true. Born, it's born, and true. born and raised here, always no, 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 in the bottom. Not, but my AP history professor said those census is kind of like we're not, we're bad. We're really, really bad. He said I'm not making. He's like we're lower key, like 38, 42. He said I remember that. I don't know why. Sorry. But, but what, but what something isn't a statistic is the amount of entrepreneur, entrepreneurism out here. I can't even talk at this point. I <laughs> mean, how many people are, are trying to start their own shit? A lot of people that go make you know eighty to a hundred thousand dollars on the strip being a, a cliche bartender or whatever random position is on the strip and then they go out and build their business or they make that make that money and buy high-tech equipment and become a podcaster or a youtube star oh. or they go build their own bar or whatever other business there is when i had clark county commissioner michael naft on my show he said that in his district which is the largest southern half district of las vegas there was forty-five thousand businesses that makes but well, that makes everything seem saturated. If you ask me a little bit, but everything's a business, so like they anything, count for anything, like it could be any. It's yeah. forty five thousand LLCs. Okay, thank you. So you're you're touching on the point that um, with Vegas being the, the big city in the world to make that much money with like limited amount of working, so you're saying you're making eighty. You were making eighty thousand with three days of um, work. Right. Yeah. So four days of freedom and four days of freedom to build whatever side hustle you want, whether that be, you know, podcasting, which we're doing now or just whatever business. I think that's that's a great opportunity for people. Our you age, could you still know? even if you go back, though, I still think you could manage your normal schedule of guests. No, I, I You'd have I, to alter it. I'm going back and forth between if I want to or not. I know the, the one thing that I really hate about it is the graveyard shift. It's so detrimental to your health, the insomnia that's attached to it. And it's just really hard to communicate with people when you're waking up at one, two, three o'clock in the afternoon every day. The whole world has passed you by by the time that you wake up. It's you're basically playing catch up through the entire day. So you're an early bloomer, an early, I'm not, early morning guy. Six months ago, I was going to bed at six a.m. Now I'm waking up at six, seven a.m. So it's and you like it like this? I, I prefer it so much more. Why? I felt like I was yearning. <clears throat> I felt like I was why yearning for this. He, why is it important to wake up early? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think that's a great point you reach on because i was the exact same way when i used to wake i used to go to sleep really late used wake to. up wake up really late 
He's gotten and, better. He's gotten a lot better. I will yeah, say. and now it's just like when I wake up now, it's just I wake up at eight or like seven, and it's, it's different. It's it's no, very I've different. Noticed, and honestly, you're a dog about it too. Now I'm surprised. Actually, I've seen never ever giving you props on that. Thank you for listening to me. No, <laughs> well, you. also what? it's also because the blinds in my house is too bright. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> but it also does help. Like you wake up and you're like you have the whole day ahead. But when you're working on the in, in the industry, the service industry, and you like you're so tired, you go to bed and you're just like kind of like hyped up on caffeine maybe or just mm-hmm. the adrenaline. And it's just you don't want to go to sleep yet because you feel like you haven't done anything your whole day because you were just at work the whole day, right? It's it's very draining, especially working graveyard where you're exerting all of your energy at the end of the day. It's very different because you wake up and you're basically waiting around for work, and then yeah. you're burning six hundred to you know twelve hundred calories during a shift. You're just exhausted, and you're still, and that just remains through from going to bed and waking up, and you're still. Just Do you work three graveyard rest. shifts a week? Or was it was three. I, I was hiring seniority, so we got to work banquets. So it probably averaged out to about four, three night shifts, and then like a day shift for a private event. But the yeah. but the thing about the strip, which a lot of like I was saying, going back to entrepreneurism, that goes unnoticed is that it lets a lot of people jump out of their comfort zone to what they're used to. You know, maybe you're comfortable in that nine to five job, whether it's nine to five during the day or nine to five at night. But now it gives you. Uh, some sort of safety net to, to jump to take that leap uh yes but it, you said you said an interesting word you said safety net john mm-hmm. tell me if you agree with this uh wouldn't that also mean comfort zone like wouldn't a lot of people that work at the strip aren't like you whereas they're like okay i want to start this i want to start this i'm gonna use this money to get this a lot of people are like dude i make 80k i get to go out and party every weekend like i meet i met this hot girl i'm eloped with is that the word for it eloped that's no, sure. Okay. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like these people, do they stay? Like what I was trying to, my point is like, do you think it creates too much of a sense of comfortability? Because just like you said, the money's pretty ridiculous for the level of education you need, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. We don't it need any true. education and we could make sixty to $80,000 a year on the strip, correct? Mm-hmm. So do you think that's necessarily good for you, this strip's? I, I would say it is good for you if you have the right sort of thinking and framing, but, yes. but it is easy to, to get sucked in that yeah to, to succumb to what the las vegas strip You're smiling is over there yeah right? it is because I've, i was also somebody who got sucked into the party lifestyle Explain. for a long time well you also well people that don't know jake was also a member of ae pie you know yeah i started drinking and partying when i was 16 and still in high school <laughs> and that uh, growing up on the east side of vegas chaparral high school um that's a whole different animal within yeah, itself yeah. graduation rates under 60 percent. so a lot yep. of people are just focused on Chaparral, baby Ooh, cowboys let's go <laughs> yeah. so then you translate that out to you go over to unlv i was one of maybe 10 people from my high school who went to unlv so i was basically starting from scratch joined a jewish that's fr- cool that's cool it's cool it was cool i uh, joined a jewish fraternity became one of the the more prominent figures, figures within the fraternity mm-hmm. kind of created this party guy mentality and reputation and then in my last year at college, took me five and a half years to graduate. Same. Oh, same. <laughs> same. You know, that, that's the standard. That's the standard. <laughs> it's a standard. After it took about five and a half years to graduate, during my last year of college, I got hired at Omnia. So I was still living in the fraternity house while I was making this kind of money. So it's like the, the party life just continued. It just yeah. continued for a long time. So what made you get out of it? Spending a lot of money, making a, a lot of terrible mistakes, personally, socially, <clears throat> financially. You wanna, what mistakes, for example? Oh, one man. mistake, so you don't have to go um, so personal. You know, I, I could t- I'll tell you one. Um, I don't think I've ever told this story in public. So <laughs> it's gonna oh, be no. oh, this, this 
could be go. this could be a first time. Um, this is a fina- a terrible financial mistake, but it just shows that kind of like thinking. Um, like we said, the party life still continues. You go out with these coworkers. Everyone's on a weird, fucked up schedule. And so you're out until 9 a.m. A lot of times, what's open at 9 a.m.? Denny's. Denny's. Okay. But I'm thinking more like... Taco Bell. Every, okay, there we go. <laughs> We're going to Fiesta Pack. Um, at 9 a.m., you end up at a strip club or around that time, right? Uh, okay. And uh, yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm not a big fan of strip clubs, but I, I went out one night. And you know, I was probably doing way, way too much coke, way too much drinking. Oh, yeah. drug use is uh, on our yeah, podcast. I will, I will talk about drug use. You, should. you know, I, I think As that I think drugs have actually assisted in my thinking and expanding my mental because aptitude you've gone going the forward. Experience. Yeah, and kind of pushing yourself to a limit, which we'll go through. But I went to <laughs> I went I went to the club or I went to the strip club and I woke up the next day minus seven thousand dollars in my bank oh my account, <laughs> minus seven G's. Blew it at the strip club. I had a lot of videos on my phone That's from crazy. what actually happened. Um, but it just shows that like. When you have that amount of excess capital, that's dope. And you get, yeah, <laughs> that's dope. That you, you had seven thousand dollars just to lose. To that's blow, what I got. To, to blow. It, sh- it shows that when you have uh, that much excess capital and you get sucked into that kind of lifestyle, how easy it is to, to just go it. out and blow it. And so that was kind of one of the turning points where I was like, all right. And speaking of blowing all your capital, didn't you yeah. invest most of it in Bitcoin? <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually, that 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 that's started that actually started like right after that moment. That and was the okay, Bitcoin thing came after that. Okay, before I, we're gonna actually touch on the Bitcoin thing, I'm gonna. I just want to ask him one question about uh, this party scene. When you were in it, were you like, be, keep it a buck here? Were you ha- like happy internally, happy? Yeah. Or, I, or I, were you just going through life normal? No, I was incredibly happy. I never drank by myself. Always drank going out with people. I I tried drinking at home once or twice. Thought it was dumb. I didn't didn't see find any fun in it. So I always went out to to enjoy partying with people and socializing. I always saw it as a huge networking tool. And festival, I, you guys both went to festivals. Too. Oh, I did too. Gone to way, way too many, way too well, many. I, well, we all, we're all festival goers here, but I would say I'm the more, most veteran experience, right? Mm, yeah, I've been sure. to like 40 or 50. Oh, but have you been to the one? You said 40 I, or 50 I've been to I've been to Ultra, been Electric Forest, Coachella four times, oh, EDC <laughs> five times, <laughs> all the Wonderlands, Groove Cruise, oh, yeah. um, You're the LED like oh, five yeah. times. You said 40 to 50. Yeah. No, I believe yeah. it. No, no, I believe it. He said four Coachellas. As soon as he said four Coachellas and Ultra, I was like, yep, I believe it. <laughs> when did you start going to festivals? Uh, 2012, EDC 12 was my first one. So it's in eight years, so you would go to four to five events a year. No, well, I, the last festival I went to was 2017. So this was in a matter of five years. That's that's crazy. Yeah. You went to, you hit every big festival in that span, huh? For the most part, except for Burning Man, which I'm probably going to go to next year or something around there. Okay. Um... But yeah, once once you start experiencing all the festivals and going, it festivals gave me this like s- spiritual. I don't even know how awakening? to describe it. Awakening. Yeah, there you go. That's okay. a, it's a good word for it. And um, I, I really tie raving to to my identity very closely. And speaking of that, how many pills of Molly did you consume in each one of these trips? Oh my God. <laughs> I'll be honest. About I was my a bit, I was a big Molly consumer when I was younger. I remember one at EDC 13 or 14, I'd end up doing like 14 pills in That's, three days. 
is wild. Nah, I don't even know no, how no, you're here. No, no, no. I, well, I've seen a lot of people do this. Uh, at the same time, I, it's it's a normal for like a fraternity thing. We, a lot of people did. We used to Jedi flip. Fourteen's crazy. We used to we used to do things like Jedi flipping, where it's like you would take acid, Molly, and mushrooms at the same time, um, just to really experience things. Yeah, That's just I, to uh, experience things. Yeah, it's a great just, time. Don't Never. mind me. You can just smoke <laughs> a blunt, but no, let's experience uh, things. No, I, <laughs> I, I, like I said, I'm a big proponent on trying to push your mind as far as possible, and I don't think I would be here today without those experiences. I never really had a bad experience taking any substance, and so it was almost that mind over man matter mentality that you had. You could stack four, five, six drugs on top of each other, and you're like, "Okay, you would be here I'm today still, if you didn't do it, though. Like, you would be here today. Don't say that. <laughs> Rephrase I, that. Like. I don't. No, yeah, I don't think I'd be in this position okay. that I am today, as far along of my entrepreneurial journey, okay. without being able to take myself out of this social constructive world that we sit in and being able to break down those barriers and understand world the world for what it is and not what they tell you. Yeah. I mean, I, I, so you wouldn't regret that, uh, that experience that you went through with like your raving and that, that event in your life, that period, you would not regret it because it's brought you to who you are today. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. So did that give you kind of incentive to start this guest, this podcast? Oh, it, it definitely kind of pushed me in the direction because from the party scene, you know, from the festival party scene, from the college party scene, from the nightclub party scene, the common factor is socializing with people, networking, you know. I mean, the drugs might be a common factor as well. <laughs> yeah, depending, and the yeah that is the common and factor. And the alcohol, festival. but you're not going to go to any of these events without people being there. Exactly. So, and you're going with groups. And so leading up to the podcast, I had – so many different various networks. I had the, the Jewish community, the college community, the two different businesses community, the high school community, the raving community. Well, we have one community. That's the Asian community. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, and so while over the two years from the inception of the idea, I waited around for someone to do it because I promised myself I would never uh, let myself be spread too thin across all these projects because I've done this. And once the pandemic happened, still nobody had done it. So it's like, I guess this is this is my calling. I guess I'm doing. Yeah, this. you didn't watch talk too much MMA last year. Did you? <laughs> that's, that was more specifically <laughs> sports. Yeah, that's more specifically sports. Yeah, nothing yeah. Like and being born and raised out in Vegas is very rare. The majority of people aren't from Vegas, so it just gives me just one more tool to relate to the city and yeah. relate to people. And, and I actually like how you in one of your. When you're talking about your podcast, you're saying you're interviewing everything from all four corners of Vegas. I think you said some phrase mm -hmm. like that. Like, you are your guest list podcast. You know, I love how you're trying to take over Vegas essentially and highlight all the different great aspects of our city. My question to you is, um, you were talking about partying, mm -hmm. right? Well, Party, first of all, drugs. First, yeah, yeah, that's something you love too. No, you know? no. Not <laughs> But you definitely were in the raving scene. Before. I was in the raving scene. Um, but with the pandemic happening and all, like, what what, what raves are they going to do now? Everything's all virtual, right? Yeah, everything, but you were going to go to EDC, though. EDC, not, not till next year. <laughs> okay, yeah. So I was going to ask you, okay, so when you got, got sucked into this life, and this is something, like, I can honestly relate to, too. Um, you know, when we, this party life, the, this social life, it's very easy. Uh, what I'm trying to say is very easy to stay comfortable in these situations where you have these interactions, these fun interactions, these low, like low energy level interactions where I don't have to c put forth a lot of mental energy to create. So like working is a, something like that. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to say is we were in this social interaction, social scene where you went to festivals, you were in a fraternity, you worked at the strip, you knew all these people. 
what do you think? Do you think it's I, what I was trying to get at is it isn't it easy to stay in this scene? Isn't it easy? Just we said it's easy to get sucked in, right? How do we do you think it's important if you're sucked in the scene to get out? And do you think like, as I said, do you think it, it helps you to get out? Yeah, it, there's a term that that I coined. It's called the, the vicious Vegas cycle. And basically hmm. what it is, and you probably see it echoed through a lot of your different social groups is like, you go out, you party, and then you go out, and when you party with these people, you meet two or three new people, people yeah. and then you get drunk, you wake up hungover, and then those new people hit you up, and they're like, hey, come out with us to, to surrender wherever you're going, then you go out with them, then you meet new people, and then basically you're just making all these relationships with people and going out and partying, but you're never really getting anything done. You're only building, you're building social equity, but you're not building anything for yourself. You're basically banking on the notion that these people are going to do a favor for you down the road, you know, which is some people will get end up like that. Yeah. Some people will yeah. get lucky like that. You know, if you make friends with a rich person and they invest in your project or something like that, but I, the relationship have to start the project. You still, yeah. Down at the end of the day, I realized that I had a lot of social equity with people and I was just, I was just too far in, in this circle too far down the spiral Bro, and I, I had to pull myself out and so I ended up quitting drinking and quitting partying I've been sober for two and a half years that's so great I, that's really wait, good I, I was about to say, can so, you relate to that <laughs> no, no, well no, you can't. I mean I'm, I'm sure you still socially like if you go out to have a like would you go out with friends and have a drink yeah. kind of thing like socially I'm talking you about would. you would you I, would I haven't drank in two and a half years really okay really that's why I, okay, no I, drugs, I, I was nothing, gonna completely I was sober like, I was gonna say let me, let's get a bottle of Jack for this episode <laughs> just to like pour like short like no like a classy bourbon or something he didn't say anything and I don't realize why you didn't drink you don't yeah drink. i don't drink i told my i told myself that i'm not gonna go back into that drinking and partying lifestyle so you were an aggressive alcoholic huh yes very i was i was nicknamed the wild guard the wild card? i would that's, just that's go like, out and do all kinds of weird scandalous shit whether that's it's like, like i hate those people yeah sometimes Sorry, sometimes you, some, sometimes it was good sometimes you know it, it ended up with a pleasurable night new relationships whatever the, the case is oh yeah let's slyly <laughs> throw that one yeah <laughs> other times it ended up with aggression and fights and other times it ended up with me jumping off the second floor of the surrender balcony just to prove a point that i wouldn't die you know <laughs> what the fuck that's, that's big <laughs> no no no, no. Yeah, that, that's so, good that's good that you got out of that scene so, so i basically told myself that i'm not going to go back to the party scene until i'm at an appropriate level that i feel comfortable entering back in the space to a level that surmounts to a certain level of success that i see myself okay well in. i'm gonna lay it down for you real like now that you're a podcast host on your way to getting clouded you certainly cannot do shit like that when you're when you're oh, at that level. oh i'm aware so I'm you, i gotta be drinking yeah, like wine like yeah, sipping it I'm, de like I'm definitely aware so I, you know i'll probably come back to the party scene at some point but now is not the time especially with the amount of you know relative success that i found so far at the podcast six thousand audio downloads three thousand youtube views in five little over five months um, people are really resonating with it and i don't want to disappoint them as well as disappoint myself by just doing something to get some sort of instant gratification through mm -hmm. partying when i'm i can have instant gratification if i just commit to this for a few more years and i'm rewarded by however society wants to treat it treat and you it. feel you feel i'm pretty sure you feel very proud of this podcast your guest yeah podcast. Dude, I'm, I'm having literally the time of my life it feels like i'm in college again honestly uh, that's because you have direction that you, you know what you want to do now you have a strong why you have everything going i kind of agree with you like you know i was i was kind of like in that same i was in the same situation i was listening to you talk i was like wow i could have said this myself like i felt very like first of all i had a lot of fun in that scene 
Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. I had a lot of fun in that scene. Like, just like you, I mean, I was... I was not never a wild alcoholic though. I'm not. A, I'm a wild sober guy. Like I get angry, but I'm so I'm sober. I'm not. Oh, I, I, when I was alcoholic, I just talked a lot. Like I was trying to be funny. I, I was a chill drunk, you know. Surprisingly, that, that's actually surprising. But for me, like that scene was so fun. But at the it was so easy to stay in that scene. Like in fact, I didn't even when I was in this party scene at UNLV. First of all, uh, you know. I'm going to say I bleed blue and gold. I'm a pie cat till I die. I love my oh, fraternity. That's, that's the uh, A pie motto. So. Yeah. Blue and gold? Blue and gold. Yeah, well, now it's, well, I'm going to say it's the pie cat motto. I'm very proud. Uh, so I, I'll, I loved joining that fraternity, and I love, you know, that group. It was a great time. But I realized, like, it's so easy for me to stay in that scene. I didn't even realize time was going by. I was, like, 22, okay? And then 23, okay? And each year I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I was getting more and more stressed on the inside and I like I realized like it's just so easy to stay there when you have a big group of friends when you know you're a big social you, you have a social stigma like you have just like you said you're a reputable noticeable person you're clouded in this mini scene this mini group of people you know and, and you guys go out and you go to clubs and you meet girls and you know you get in relationships whatever the case may be it was just so easy to, to stay in this scene and but I, I feel like on the inside like as I was staying in the scene, I was having more and more fun meeting more people, but I was getting more restless on the inside. I was like, okay, this doesn't make sense. Uh, something's not adding up here. This isn't me. Something, what's wrong here? And I guess what I really wanted to actually ask both of you, because you especially, I got to give you props, bro. And I'm, we're going to talk about getting out of your comfort zone because this year, I think I'll say this right now, this has been the best year of my life. And I, I think, I'm not going to sit here, and you've been through a lot. Like, you, <laughs> he's, wait till you see or hear about his shit. But, and I think that's truly because I kind of took a step forward and I, I built a skill set. I, 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 I actually acted on my vision. And now I'm doing all these things. I feel fulfilled in a way. Not there yet. Now I still have a point to prove. We got to get this show popping. That's our goal. <laughs> but, but I feel like more satisfied. And I think it's because I got out of my comfort zone. And I think I was going to ask, you said it's the happiest you've ever been in your life. In a long time, yes. Okay. So that, I think, is because, you know, you're doing something no one's doing, really. I'm not saying podcast, podcasting is saturated, but having a good podcast isn't. One that's consistent isn't. You mm -hmm. said that earlier. Mm -hmm. So this goes back to, you know, getting out of your comfort zone. It's what you said earlier, too. Like, you said it's easy to get in the scene, but it's, is it easy to get out of the scene, you know? And what... I personally think that as far as that question goes about getting out of the scene, um, I think that that can translate over to jobs in general. Like with the college scene and the party scene, like it's very, it's very comfortable to stay in there and just have fun. But it can you can also talk about like you can say jobs yeah, the same facts. exact way. Like so we were facts. talking about that earlier with even more know, so for jobs actually because it's so comfortable. Like you no, know, it's so routine that a lot of people th think this is their life. And then I think that that's what really happens when, when, when you realize that, okay, this is just your life now. Like, are, you're kind of like dead inside. Mm. You're not, you don't really want to go and experience more in life. And I think that stepping out of that comfort zone is a, is a big, big factor. I yeah. agree with you. Yeah, you, just, you just have to realize when you're plateauing in life. I think that's, I think that's one of the, the main... I hate that word, bro. That's the, one of the main metrics to realize that you're in your comfort zone. If you're plateauing, you're in what your comfort zone. What do you mean by... How, so how, let me ask you this. Like, reiterate. So how do you realize you're plateauing? Like, like, what is plateauing? Plateauing is where you just don't see any sort of noticeable change within your life. You can use this in statistical analyzation. You but know, what if your life's good? Do you need to change it? Mm, you don't have to. I don't think it's for everybody, but 
you know, they say that insanity is doing the same thing over and over, over again, again. and respect expecting different, different, different results. results. Yep. So that's a lot of these. That was Einstein, by the way, right? I don't know who it was actually. I, I, but I'm pretty sure it was Einstein. It's just it's such a popular quote that's just it's so relevant to to like everyday living that you you just plateau when you're plateauing. I think this is like one of the downfalls of a lot of marriages Ooh, in general. Okay. If you want to go in the relationship realm, is that a lot of marriages die this out because the they, because they don't have anything new to talk about. Yep. So like then they end up just spacing each other out throughout the house, and then they just lose interest. In but it's also it's it's also not that they don't have anything to talk about. It's like each individual person in that marriage didn't want to grow either. Mm-hmm. No, that's it. That it, that's how. But you you know, Jake hit it best. Like to get to that level of a of a of a plateau, it's usually like one or both of the members stop growing. For me, the number one thing that I guess I, 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 why I started to get restless in the scene was I noticed myself plateauing. And from my family, there is no plateauing in my family. It's my, my sister was saying this yesterday. She was like, it's so funny. Like, I will literally get better every single year until I get taken off this planet. My sister said this. I'm with her. Like, we're dogs. Like, there's no plateauing. So when I was in there and I was plateauing, I started to realize something I, something needs to change. And um, it's just funny because a lot of people don't realize they're plateauing, Jake. You know, like, how do you, how are you conscious? Like, let's say you do realize you're plateauing. A lot of people realize it and still don't do anything about it because of that comfortability, right? Yeah, I think it's when you're plateauing, the fear is like you don't know what direction to go into. So I, I always, yeah. I always recommended to just start reading books. And that was something that I started doing. That right when I graduated college, I was like, all right, this is the real world. What do I do? I what, read- What kind of books specifically? So it's, it's funny how it's progressed over time. The first book that I read actually was The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Great and book, I read that book. Too. It's actually pretty ironic because it talks about like a place of, <laughs> of living in the moment and you don't know where to go. But when you graduate college, you would think that you know where your direction of life is headed. So it's, you know, it's very counterintuitive to a point. So I started reading self-help books and then I got invest. Like I hate those books, but it's fine. Sorry. I know. That's why I'm laughing. And then, and then I started reading biographies and then eventually the Bitcoin thing came up and that Bitcoin, that, Bitcoin completely shattered my whole perception of reality. Explain. Honestly. Uh, one, tangent. Tangent. Oh, here we go. No, this doesn't even have to be a tangent. This can Let's be go. literally the rest of the episode. <laughs> I was waiting no, for we, this. We love Bitcoin. We want to hear your take. Uh, so I got involved in Bitcoin in the early 2017. Um, it's a cult or what's Bitcoin? Towards the end of 2016, I actually started trading Forex because one of my coworkers was trading Forex. And so oh. I, I saw him making a lot of money and I was very interested on what this was. So started swapping currencies, learning about, you know, different value and why the dollar is worth more than all of these other fiat currencies. And fiat is just a government backed currency. Mm-hmm. Yen, pound, whatever, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Jake, you taught me a lot about finance. <laughs> you guys honestly both have made, I, I forgot to say, you both have made such a great impact on my financial brain. So thank you. Thank you. Go ahead. All day. And so throughout the end throughout 2016 i was trading forex and then one of my father's friends who actually it's crazy how it all combined within each other so my dad when i opened up the antique store with my father he knew this guy who was like the largest collector of woodstock um, items throughout the world 
he knew a friend who was into cryptocurrency. This guy turned me on to Bitcoin because he had like an investment option for me to invest into it. I looked into it and started discovering, looked into what Satoshi Nakamoto was and what Bitcoin was. He's the guy that invented yes. Bitcoin. It's, the, uh, not pseudo, it's a pseudo anonymous <laughs> group. They don't know if it's a he, she, they, who knows. Um, it's a group. Who knows? Who knows? Nobody knows. Yeah. Just a dude on Nobody knows. This person has 1.2 million Bitcoin, um, whoever they are. So they're massively loaded some people think that satoshi's dead um but that's also another tangent mm -hmm. but once you start looking into bitcoin and you're like what is bitcoin all right it's this digital currency that's native to the internet which is something that people have been trying to replicate for decades bitcoin wasn't the first digital currency there was ecash digicash egold paypal tried to create a digital currency that didn't work out as well is bitcoin the first blockchain it's the first blockchain, yes. It's the first proof of work uh, coin. So proof of work is basically the mechanism that underlies the blockchain technology. And it has game theory tied into it. And game game theory is, yeah, now we're going on philosophical levels. Yeah, what is and this is why Bitcoin I think you told me about this. This is why this is why Bitcoin is so, so innovative and it has such a cult like following because it has game theory attached to it. And there's a lot of things in life that are game that have game theory built into it and it's basically like an incentivization method that's built into everyday products relationships anything like that that incentivizes people to have good behavior and dis disincentivizes people for bad behavior and that's a theory that goes behind what game theory is that's basically. what that's the kind of the basic idea of game theory without going on a 30 minute tangent of it um, but yeah, rewards, good behavior, disreward, it's bad behavior. And so the people basically protect whatever the game theory is attached to it. People will protect that with every day, with all of their lives and whatever resources is attached to it. Because if not, then their ship's going down. So Bitcoin has this game theory attached to it through a proof of work mechanism and it's a decentralized currency that's like the that's the word the buzzword that everyone's like what the mm -hmm. fuck is decentralization yep. and future of finance the future of finance and so decentralization means that there's no there's no focal point there's no there's no main headquarters right like central banks all the banks are printed in one area We've learned now over the last 10 years that Facebook and all these data analytic companies are centralized. They hoard all of your data in one area and a hacker could come in and take everything. And you see that with like the Equifax hack of 250 million people's data being breached, anything like that. All it, ta all it takes is just, all it takes is just one person to go in and break the whole ship down. So if you decentralize something and decentralize some sort of um, currency like that, mm -hmm. then you can, you can change the product. So basically with Bitcoin, it's decentralized where instead of the bank holding your money, you're holding your own money. It's you're, you're the one that's in charge of it. And I think that's very incredibly powerful. But how do you explain the hackers that can hack into Bitcoin and take they like, can't. so you can't, you actually can't hack Bitcoin. You can hack the exchange that okay. Bitcoin or the wallet where Bitcoin is stored. So basically, but that's why you, you get the ledger nanos, right? You can, yeah, you yeah. Can so, yeah. So I'll go into a little bit more explanation of, of what Bitcoin is. So Bitcoin, if I, if I wanted to send you, Sina, right? If I wanted to send you money through Venmo. Sina, yeah, right? That's my name. Yeah. <laughs> if I, if I want, if I wanted to send you money, right? Yeah. We would go through Venmo 
or Cash App or I'm whatever. I'm banned from Venmo. I oh, they pay my fucking. They I, pay people for me now. I, I'm banned from that. I'm I'm not directly sending you money. You know, if yes. I handed you cash, then I'm directly handing it to you. But if I if we go through Venmo, it's going through both of our banks, which is going through Venmo, which is going through a payment processor. So it's going through about like five different businesses yes. before. If I send you Bitcoin, it's directly. It's like cash. All right, so, so the important part of Bitcoin that you have to understand with the decentralization and when it comes to the miners is that, like we said, with f traditional finance, it goes through all these different mechanisms and it's not actually your money. With Bitcoin, if I want to send you, John, mm -hmm. one Bitcoin, I just send it to you directly and six, six people or more verify it on the network through what's called mining, which is basically these specified computer chips or hardware that solves complicated cryptographic functions. Mm -hmm. And it becomes tougher and tougher over time. And because of this, it makes it nearly impossible, actually impossible to hack it. And every 10 minutes, there's a block reward. And these are stacked on top of each other. So after 10 minutes, any transaction that was done on the network is cemented forever. And that's why you said it's a, you said earlier, it was, it, he said it was a peaceful protest. It's yes. So what do you mean by that? Explain yes. this. Explain it's, Bitcoin is a peaceful protest what you in the terms that if you want to opt out of the system that's happening now, the politics and the rabbit hole that Bitcoin dove me down into is that you realize how tied money and politics is together. Oh, so and, and because of this, and since Bitcoin is decentralized, nobody owns it. Nobody even knows who created it. There's no attack vector. You literally can't attack at one point and shut it down or claim through everything. And so if you want to opt out of the political system or the, the fucked up monetary system that we have, which is called the U.S. dollar, which is you know, highly corrupt mm -hmm. and that we're seeing now with the inflation of printing trillions of dollars, you can buy Bitcoin and completely opt out of the system. Because mm, disagree completely because you still, the dollar is still used. It is still used, but the longest any monetary system has ever lasted in society is 100 years, and the fiat system's at 99 years. Okay, and that's fair, but are you, so you're saying all, and it's due to end soon, but I'm saying you're, right now, I don't know, if you, so just to attack your statement, right now you said, and I agree with what he's saying, just to make it clear, in the long run, like what he's saying is perfect, but my, my point I'm trying to make is you still can't necessarily quite opt out, right? Because you can't buy everything in Bitcoin yet. No, yeah, that it's it's something that's being built over time. Yes, it's just like a, a lot of people compare it to the internet in the early 90s. You know, you can we didn't have all of these different applications when the internet was first founded, all of the high interconnectivity and everything that comes with the internet. It's the same with Bitcoin. It's still, it's slow. Um, it's very secure. That's its main focal point. Okay, but the fiat system, just to... The fiat system will probably stick around for a long time. But at the end of the day, who runs the world is who has the reserve currency of the world, right? The U.S. has the reserve currency. And what is fiat backed by? Fiat is backed not by gold anymore. We got off that a long time ago. It's backed off of our military, the U.S. petrodollar. We run the world because we say we have the strongest army, so therefore we're going to dictate the monetary supply. And if mm -hmm. anyone has any issue with it, then come fuck with us. And that's what, so, yeah, that's what Trump's been doing. He's been pushing the yeah, dollar in and this that, aspect. That's why. And a lot of countries are trying to get off of the U.S. dollar as a reserve currency, more focused on China, North Korea, and Russia. And so 
they find different workarounds because because of this. And a lot of them, China's been mining Bitcoin since 2013. Russia, Putin's a huge Bitcoin and Ethereum advocate. He's this said this. He said this in public multiple times because they hate the dollar. And as you see during this crisis that's happened, we've printed two to three trillion dollars, and we're probably going to print more. Well, this this happened. Well, well I to well, I in that aspect, like we probably kind of needed to print, no. So, yes, you, you, you do, we even talked about this earlier. Yeah, we probably the, did to save a lot. The of U.S. has backed themselves into a corner where the only thing you can do is print money to basically, you know, it's basically handicapping yourself. Well, the U.S. also uh, okay. So this is why you know I, I'm not I'm not going to get any political, but this is there's a there both parties are kind of on opposite sides of this in a way. I don't know about I know that Trump wanted to push the dollar, but then I also know that I heard rumors that the U.S. to counteract this Bitcoin. They're considering starting making the dollar a cryptocurrency. Yeah, uh, so China's, you, China's actually sto- started, doing, started doing this already. But the reason why it'll never be a cryptocurrency is because it's basically just a digital version of the dollar where they can still print exactly. more in a digital manner. Whereas crypto and Bitcoin, there's a finite ever going to be 21 million Bitcoin. Right now there's 18.5 And it's not regulated million. by banks. It's yeah, not regulated by anybody. No one can shut this thing down. The only way to shut down Bitcoin is if you shut off the internet. And that, that's the scary mm-hmm. thing about it is in this situation, you and I talked about this when I was at your house like a month ago. Like if this happens, John, just to put it in perspective, the U.S. won't be able to place, place sanctions on countries like Iran, China. Exactly. Nothing. No, no you can't, you can't. You can't shut people's wallets down. They do a thing called blacklisting where it's basically like, hey, this wallet with this, this character and address has some sort of illicit funds, but they can't block anything from going in and out. It's just basically like we, we're aware that this is uh, a wallet that's associated with criminal activity, that's but we that's can't why, do anything about that's it. That's why though. the U.S. government's scared of Bitcoin in a way. Yeah, right? all the governments are. Yeah, and, then, and then the places like China and Russia are for Bitcoin because they can get around sanctions. Yeah, and well, they're, they're not just... They love to uh, share things over there in China mm-hmm. and Russia, if you get my drift. So you're saying that... Comments. Governments from all, is, you're saying that all the countries in the world are just scared of Bitcoin or like uh, no some people nice. some are adopters uh, a lot of the countries with super high inflate super hyperinflation like Venezuela and Argentina and Brazil they're the biggest adopters of Bitcoin because their their monetary supply has been diminished by ninety nine point nine nine percent so now they have some sort of currency where everyone who lives in the city can use value that's not that's not corrupted by yeah. what the government policies are. But but my thing is this is you you're making Bitcoin out to be this safe secure asset. Sorry about. You're making Bitcoin to be a, this like safe secure asset like you keep advocating for it. My but you also said that it helps you get out of your comfort zone. So I'm I'm confused on that. It get, it gets you out of your comfort zone because it makes you realize that you don't first it made me realize what value actually is. What is value? That's that's what a good is question. John, what, what, what's, what's value? value? If, if somebody value. asks you what's value, what is that? Yeah, honestly, I think value is just what someone what you can do for someone else, kind of. Um, like as far as Bitcoin goes, I I see it as like the investing aspect of just stepping out of your comfort zone to learn about finances and learn about different currencies. That's valuable in itself, but but not no. I'm I'm talking about more like actual it, value, physical value. Yeah. What, what, if you take the like, let's say there's no dollar anymore, what's value? So so mm. the so explain exactly what type of answer. I want to answer your question, but I need and like what what do you mean? What's it value? made me realize like what what's the like how the pe- weight of an element. It makes it makes it made me realize how people measure what what something is worth. Yes, right? that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, like what. 
what is this microphone worth? What is the computer worth? What, so what, is, that that right what is that painting mm. worth? If you take, if you can't denominate it in dollars, what's it worth? Well, actually, I think it's it's worth what it can give you. It's worth its value to you as a person. Like if you this for us, this pod, this uh, microphone is worth to us because we're starting a podcast, right? It's all we're all three podcasters here. This microphone is very valuable to us. Like but if we take away the money aspect of it, yeah, yeah, right. Yes. Okay. But that doesn't quite measure like your life. Like he, I guess what you're, I think you're trying to say you're, you're really relating to the concept of the monetary value without the dollar there. Yeah. That's basically, so it, it'd be the weight of, of the currency. It's, it's what value. Well, there is no currency. So value, right. value is relative to what you believe in. So it was you literally know? what you said. Yes, that's <laughs> yeah. God damn it. So that, that's, that's why so many people flock to Bitcoin because it's not the government telling them, hey, this dollar is worth a dollar because I tell you to and I have the strongest military. So if you have something to say about it, then, you know, come see me in the streets. OK, they you would know? never say that to civilians. But I'm saying, how does that's, that still get you out of your comfort zone? Because it just it, sh it shatters what social constructions oh, are around okay. the world, you know. If, now you got to worry about something else. If, if I if I'm not worrying, if I'm not worrying what the the U.S. dollar value is of something, now I can can consider other things that are more important to me. Because you know, everyone's biggest worry in life, and the reason going back to relationships, the reason why most marriages fail is because of fiscal and monetary concerns. Did you say physical? Fiscal. Oh. Fiscal. <laughs> fiscal. Fiscal could be included. So so if you're not if you're not worried about what mo what money is, then what what's important to you? And this made me really start reevaluating what was important to me. What what do I want to do in life if if there is no money because obviously there's still going to be a world with a dollar system. I don't think it's still going to go away for a little while, mm -hmm. but it made me realize that the government's telling me that this is worth this because they say so. But I don't think it's worth that. I think the dollar is a fucking shitty is a shitty monetary system. Yeah, but you still need I to think, buy you still need to buy a a case of beer for a dollar. You still yeah, need to buy this, your food so for the this, so this is why I started just buying Bitcoin in twenty seventeen with about half of what I was making at work for the last two and a half years. And now most of your wealth's invested in, in Bitcoin. The majority, the majority, yeah. Well so well over well 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 over it? half because Are you stressed about that or no. Because I know that in the long term, the uh, Bitcoin is going to farly going to pass what what the dollar is actually worth, and we've seen this. Bitcoin started out as a third of a penny, and now it's worth around like eleven thousand dollars today. Explain to everybody because you said this off camera. Explain what Fidelity projected Bitcoin would be. Fidel and what Fidelity is. Fidelity is the world's largest asset manager. They manage a few trillion dollars in assets, and they said Bitcoin would be worth one million USD in 2029. And that's coming. And a lot of these different companies are starting to measure their own wealth and stocks in things that aren't just the dollar. Like we said before, this micro strategy was the first uh, publicly traded company that just invested $400 million of their dollars into Bitcoin because they don't weigh value in the dollar anymore. And they said that if they had $400 million sitting in the bank, it's like an ice cube melting. Their money is just withering away because the more money they print, the more it gets devalued mm -hmm. and assets are rising up because all of this cheap capital is flooding the markets. And so that's why you see stocks going on freaking a mad run right now. It's not because the stocks are worth more. It's just because there's more money printed. There's more money that exists. Whereas Bitcoin, there's a finite amount. Dude, you just blew mm -hmm. my mind. So these fools that are investing in the stock market bragging like all the time, like they're if they don't realize what you just said, they're kind of headed for a decline in a way. 
It depends on how, how you manage your investments. You know, if you get out and then invest in Bitcoin, which is probably going to happen, then they're going to they're going to make a lot of money off of it. But you just have to realize that what's called purchasing power, which is kind of what inflation is. Mm -hmm. But purchasing power is just like your dollar doesn't go as far. And since we got off the gold standard in I think it's 34 is when they made that decision, the dollar, the purchasing power of a dollar has decreased by over 80%. Yeah. Wow, since yeah. when? Since the 30s, since they got off the... They decided to make the decision to get off the gold standard. Okay, so well, my question is, what made you... Before, I, I do want to move on into mm -hmm. the, getting your... But I really want to know what really made you, like... how? Why were you so willingly to invest 50% of your revenue? Like, is, do you believe so strongly... I guess, to think future term, do you believe that strongly that Bitcoin will reach... Did you say a million? Or not? Yeah, you know, it'll the the final amount of what the dollar amount it it is equated to isn't really important to me because I don't think it's going to be measured in dollars 10 or 20 I years agree. from now. I, I think agree. it'll be measured in gold, so. In gold? You yes. think the gold standard will come back? I don't think the gold standard will come back, but I think that you can't just relate I mean, you could just say that when everything becomes denominated in Bitcoin, but I think that's maybe 50 years down the road. I would say Whereas Bitcoin like, before gold. If the, if the dollar falters, then everyone's going to go to old reliable and what's been around the longest and was the longest the uh, penny. has been around the longest <laughs> as a store of value is uh, is gold. No. So, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But, but, the, but these kind of things that we've been talking about throughout this entire conversation, you know, getting into Forex, starting these businesses, diving into Bitcoin and what value actually is, is what really catapulted me out of getting out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Every time I realized that I had plateaued, I started getting into all these different things. And so it's, it's just like, you have to realize, like I said, back, back then, what, what your plateau is when you feel like you're stagnating in many different cases, whether it's socially, romantically, financially, um, your skill, your skills, anything you can plateau in many different ways. And there's always ways to get out of it, but you have to step out of it. You have to disagree yeah. with the romantic part. You don't have to like, for example, I, I can honestly say uh, plateau is a, I've declined romantic. <laughs> <laughs> I can honestly say that, but the truth of the matter is I'm happier because uh, I'm focused on myself not to get off topic. But what I'm trying to say is this plateau thing. It's a, what you're saying to me is the most dangerous thing in this life. It's kind, of, it's kind of like this conversation that we're having right now. We've hit a little bit of a plateau on a how bit. do we get out of a plateau. Bitcoin, yeah, on, yeah. No, no, no. We hit a plateau on the Bitcoin part. Mm. That's why I'm trying to – but I'm, I'm trying to tie it in and like getting in – like hitting your plateau and just being associated with people that are okay with hitting the plateau makes you okay with hitting your plateau. Mm -hmm. And I think that the – that's what I was saying is the most dangerous thing in life because for – I think I saw him – say this ej said this on camera uh one of his podcast episodes he's like and this is going to be corny but from my end when i say he's like he was just saying like how are you not chasing your dreams and i think that goes back mm -hmm. to uh i watched your episode give me mm -hmm. props give me props <laughs> i did my homework <laughs> but this goes back to saying uh like this is what my biggest thing in life going forward is i'm not in college anymore you know i want to be surrounded by people that I don't care how cool you are. I don't care where you, but I want, I want to see you from where you are, try to get somewhere else. That's all I'm trying to see. I'm tired because who it, it rubs off on you. And I just hate that word. You said it first plateau. I hate that word. I hate it worse than decline. Cause you learn something in a decline. Yeah. And, and when you work a, when you work a job where you have a boss, that's your plateau, your plateau, no. your plateau mm -hmm. could be up to being a CEO. 
but that's what do you mean by that? I don't there, know. There's that. a when you when you're working for a corporation or any sort of company, right? Like I go in and we could use Omnia for example, right? I'm a buster. My plateau is being a buster unless I want to be a manager. But if I want to be a manager, then I have to take a decrease in pay. So that's why a lot of people stay as a buster because you know your plateau of money in a relative area. Are you plateau? No, wouldn't you say you're staying in an advantageous position? Well, you're, you're plateauing in, in financial creation okay. unless you go out and build other, build other sorts of means of income. Okay. And so you have, you have to, like I said, you have to realize what plateau you're sitting in, whether it's, it could be even spiritually, health, anything okay. like that, financially. I so so, you, ha- so you have to take that leap and you have to either put, when you're taking this leap of stepping out of your comfort zone, you're either putting your reputation on the line, that's you're, it, putting, that's you're putting your mm-hmm. finance on the line. There's many different ways. You can put your health on the line depending on what, what you're Let's doing. Let's not do that. <laughs> you know, like, like, uh, like plateau it, when it comes to health. If you're, if you're, if you're a sports <laughs> player, you know, yeah. and you want to be in sports, you're putting your health on the line every day. So there's many different ways on stepping out of this comfort zone or plateau. Really? Wouldn't you say that if you were not a sports player and you just kick it at home and watch TV, you're putting your health on the line every day? Mm, I don't think so. Well, why? Really? Why not? I feel like your body, you you get to a faster death. Oh, that was morbid. Uh, you get to a faster death by living an unhealthy lifestyle as opposed to an athletic lifestyle. Wouldn't you agree? That's true. But if you're playing uh, football, if you're playing football, yeah, I think the average injury. life expectancy is like <laughs> yeah. in the sixties or seventies. It's like twenty years less than than what's what's a normal yeah lifespan. Yeah. So, I was gonna ask both of you this because and Jonathan here uh, especially is the epitome of this conversation and i got to give you props uh this dude jake wow has wowed me like this is someone that's really gotten out of their comfort zone you have this year wouldn't you say more than me i thought i have i, I was really even though i said i got out of my comfort zone man nothing's in my, i'm always out of my comfort. No, i've always been out of my comfort zone i'm just saying you really changed your life like completely and part of it is due to this podcast so my question to you and i guess to jake jake to both of you is these podcast things that we're starting some people don't have to record a podcast but do you guys think everybody should be posting content should be throwing themselves out there like this do you uh, think that's that gets you out of a plateau by because i believe posting content as small as it is in whatever industry you have marketing yourself that's leaving your plateau that's breaking that plateau something so simple do you yeah, agree yeah yeah i i think i think there's truth in that i think that uh, I don't like ahead. that. You didn't uh, agree uh, with C- me fully. Cena looks like he's about to fight what do you mean me right he agreed now. with you? No, there, there's he truth, did not agree. There, there's, I know, Jake. There's truth, there's truth in it. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. le- leaving your plateau, I think a big proponent of it is learning. Because if, if you learn, if you're learning new ideas, you're lear- learning new values, anything like that, then eventually in this cuff- comfort bubble, the comfort bubble is either going to expand or you're going to break out of it. But, but don't you, and is so learning if, enough, don't you have to execute? Yes, of course. Like, eventually, eventually you have to execute, but like that, those beginning steps out of the comfort bubble or the plateau is learning. This is why I always advocate reading books because you're always learning when you're reading books. Um, so I'm actually, I wouldn't advocate reading books just because, well, what do you mean? But why, why do I have to read books? What if I read a course? Does that count? Yeah, ed- ed- edu- educational classes okay. Is, okay. fits that realm and domain. I think just reading books and just executing go hand in hand. You, know, you can't really execute unless you learn about the subject matter. Like if you just, no, execute, agree, just why do I have to read a book? Like you I'm don't have to. Like, everyone has this, 
everyone has their own way of learning. Like but you can books read a book. are a little bit more in depth to whatever topic. I think I just did say this about. on my first episode. I said reading reading books was beneficial to me as a person because I get to see perspective from the author's point of view, and they actually put thought into that. And kind of like when you have when you write a book, like you're putting thought into this. Just I'm like with this podcast, it's not beneficial. I'm saying there's more beneficial activities to do than when you're reading a book for the purpose you guys are looking for in reading a book. For example, I believe writing. Wouldn't that agree? Would you? Okay, so do you write when you read? Do I know? Okay, I do so, not either. No. So for me, my big thing is, I don't know if reading is as beneficial to challenge both of you because you guys are both on the same page here. I personally would rather, for example, watch an anime. I think I learn more from watching an anime than reading the world's greatest self-help book, um, because I the storyline and the I, I, my eyes remember it forever, and I can piece it together in other situations. Or writing, writing reinforces the thing in this brain. You said everybody learns differently. I had this conversation with my mom. No. I, people learn the same, but they like different methods of learning more. Like, and no one wants to read and write everything down. But if you do it, you will memorize it more than anything else. You know, that's just the truth because you're reinforcing it in your head. How about actually going through the motions and executing on what you're reading? Does that go hand in hand with like writing it down? Uh, well, it's writing it down still better because like you're literally writing the information. Down. It's like etched in your head, brain. Like you will not forget it. If you okay, for example, if we if we were to do a cooking, like if you wanted to learn how to cook, would you write, just write stuff down or would you actually just cook? <laughs> Right? Yeah, you got you got me. He got me. You got to go through the motions. Yeah, he got me. You do, but you still have to write. I'm saying writing helps. That's writing does help. Like like I said, teach their own with learning. Um, everyone's as long as you get there and you learn what you need to do. I think that's what mostly matters. Yeah, but there's methods that teach you. It's the it's the experience. This is why the college degree is becoming outdated. Is that a lot of a lot of employers referencing the episode two? Jake, a lot, a lot of the employers and more specifically the tech companies. It's College education is not a requirement because they just want to get you in there early and they'll train you the specific way that, that they want you and to And a be lot trained. of employers, all they need that's, to see is a diploma, though. That's, that's what I'm saying. So it's like the, the, as the college education becomes diminished, maybe because their credibility has lapsed over time, too, as well, and their credibility declines entrepreneurism is what is the focal point now of the economy and that's kind of what our economy has been built on so what would you say is a bigger leap of faith is it going out and creating a business or is it going out and creating a podcast or Isn't some sort thing? of online have you filed an llc yeah i have my llc i guess for you it'd be a business for me it's not a business yet yeah okay so so what you mentioned is is very interesting uh i actually think what you're doing I, if I had to choose one, I would do what you're doing because what you're doing, you might not, you might be sacrificing short-term money. But again, your chances of success are minimal unless you believe in yourself and you know what you're doing, exactly. which is what you're doing. And we're, but I'm saying if you do, if you have those requirements, for you to say that to to completely ignore content creation, marketing, and branding, is probably the stupidest thing I've ever heard of because like in this 2020, that's what gives you sustainability. Like for Jake, in a year. He'll probably be able to do whatever he wants to do because people will know that guestless name, that that podcast name, and I really believe that for us too as well. But what I'm trying to get at here is, you said what's more important, putting your podcast out or building your business? Well, I'm only creating. We only started this podcast for the business, but now I think it's taking a shape of its own. Uh, but the truth, so they for me it goes hand in hand. But if I had to choose one, and tell me if you agree after this, I'd go your route because I know I can get clients in a year. 
they'll come to me because I've seen it on Instagram and I know that these people that made it, I'm cut from the same. I believe in myself like them. So if I don't get there, that's on me. You know, do you and think you're, and you're touching on the basis of personal branding? Right. But again, I, I'm, I, I keep saying for my for what I'm doing, I do 50 percent business, 50 percent brand. I focus on both every single day. Both. I do not ignore my clients nor my business. I always try and expand my clientele. But I'm in a peculiar situation. If I had to choose one, I'd go guest list. That's what I did last year. What do you would you go like, business? You're a more practical I'm, guy. You like money. I'm more I'm more business oriented. But um, as far as like going back to just stepping out of your comfort zone, like this is the first time I'm doing this podcast and starting. It's the it. third time you're doing this podcast. Third episode, right? <laughs> third time. Yeah. Doing Get it this right. Get yeah. it right. But I'm saying um, this is like it's really opened my eyes to the benefits of you know actually putting yourself out there and getting out your comfort zone, personal branding, and knowing that like with your with the following and just putting yourself out there, you're gonna make something i said jonathan can you dm some people and get them to follow he dm'd 50 asian girls <laughs> on the spot. that's what he did <laughs> that's the truth no but you know going back to the point like i think it's for the business route of course i agree with what you said you know like um it is it's kind of 50 50 too but now i'm just like this podcast has been very enjoyable for me to like just learn different perspectives and talking just talking and hearing perspective from your your life perspective i already know cena but, <laughs> but, but like just having you as a first guest and everything i mean it's been great just hearing about your finances it's different like, right yeah it is it's about bitcoin you know like why you did the guest's podcast your like your your lows i, would, he, I don't even he, know no no he's farther along in our journey so we get to learn from him like that's why i really wanted him for you here is you're the host of the show like he's the the goal is for him so everybody knows the goal is for big john over here this is his show. I'm trying to get groom him to like really control the situation because I'm chaotic and I'm aggressive and I'm out there. So, but he nails it. He's perfect. He's stoic. For him, he would really uh, guide me well. Like me as host, I talk too much sometimes. So I thought this was. I really want to groom <laughs> nice him reference. to be. No pun intended. <laughs> I really want to groom him to have this show. So I was actually excited you got came here because, and you need to watch how he hosts his shows. Like you're very good. I when you're hosting your show, you're very good at making the guests feel like it's their like their, it's their time. That's what I really like love about how you talk. Like you're patient. You interact. You throw the great laughs here and there to make them feel like funny. And that's why like it's a free flowing conversation. And that's the hard part about what we're doing because. Bro, as, as you said earlier, our, right now, as we're speaking, just so you guys know, all three of our reputations are on the line. Yeah. Right? Hmm. Yeah, Definitely. This, this goes uh, breaking out of your comfort zone, and so we could kind of just tie it all together. I think now where society is going, right, with content, content is king. Yes. It's when you step out of your comfort zone, you have to realize what you want to put on the line. Starting a business, you're putting your financials on the line. If you're going through the content creation, you're putting your social reputation and your perception of yourself on the line. And your that, perception of you explain yeah because it's personal development right a lot yeah. of people don't want to take that leap of faith because they don't want to they don't want to see the trolls they're afraid to see the trolls i they're, hate to see the trolls they're afraid they're you afraid they're afraid to, to look <laughs> inward because the, the trolls there are trolls and you know there are trolls that say hateful things but sometimes there's a lot of truth in there and some people are, are afraid to see it for what it is yeah that's true that is true the tr I guess the putting yourself out here, like that is the number one thing I think people are scared of is, man, will they, will they judge me? Will they think like this is corny? Like, Jonathan, do you think L what we're doing is corny? Of course not, but. I kind of do, but I think it's cool as fuck. Like, yes, it's it, corny. Like, you know, what the fuck? We're 24 year olds talking about motivation and shit. Like, what have you guys done? I feel that. But like, I really am living in this moment right now. Like, I'm really living this life that I, I'm talking about. You know what I mean? I'm not, this isn't, it's a little weird hearing myself talk about it. Jake, were you growing up in college, like in that social circle? Did you ever find shit like this corny? 
when, when you were growing up in college and partying, would you would you have done like Cena, Jake? You uh, guys are corny. So, this is, it's, it's so funny that you say this because I actually had such a negative connotation towards YouTubers. I thought it was the corniest <laughs> shit of all time. See? Why? I thought it was the corniest fucking shit of all time. Why? I just like I, I thought it was a cop out. This is why I went through tangible businesses first to where I went with, you know, the brick and mortar business. And then I went through an app, which is kind of a combination of content and brick and mortar. You leveled, you, it, and life that, took you and now I'm fully into into the content. And there's even times now where it's I still feel like a fraud at times. I feel like I've I've kind of sold myself out. What do you mean by that? I don't because I because completely. because what? well, this is just my own perception. Yeah. And, you know, I found success. And like I said, I've had. The, the funnest time doing this. I'm building all kinds of, of relationships. Dude, your podcast, you're building crazy connections. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's so much fun. But it's just like, it's that, it's that social creation that for so long building a business was considered success. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, that's still ingrained in my mind, even though society is going digital. And I'm literally an investor in Bitcoin and I'm pushing all these digital, yeah, but digital scarce things. You're going to be able to sell your own merchandise I know, yeah. pretty so, soon for so, you. So, so with, with content creation, what I hadn't realized until recently is that the business comes second. You know, you put your personality out there and you put your reputation, people like it, or you grow and mold it into whatever you want. And then you monetize after, whereas in a traditional model, you're putting the business out there and all you care about is making money. And then your reputation is preceded after determined by the success of how much money that you evolved. make. The marketing scene has evolved. That's what got us here. Like, I agree with you, but, and, and wholeheartedly, I think that's what people like, you said it earlier, people have this perception that business has to succeed. Like they'll try and shit on you for that when I really think you're taking the smarter route because someone like you, and I don't recommend this for everybody. The only people I recommend doing this for is to choose business, uh, brand over business is the self-confident people that know where they're going to go, that have faith in their abilities. If you're unsure, if you have no why, you're the cool guy, you're chilling, you're, you know, whatever it is, don't do it. Focus on making your money because you won't have the resiliency nor the work ethic to get, you know, not saying not work ethic, but resiliency. This takes vision. This takes resiliency. You got to keep going. You know, you're not getting your million this week, but you know, you're going to get in 10 years. That's because you're going on the, the topic that brand is more important than money. And it's, it's, I, I personally disagree. I think it's half and half. I really listen to Gary Vee. I've said this all years, what I've learned. I told myself after I stopped the podcast in April with extra, um, I'm focusing, basically when I got into digital marketing, my whole mindset was clients and me, 50-50. The best marketer is gonna be the one that means 50% on both, capitalized on both. I will surpass, if you f neglect brand and focus only on business, bro, I will surpass you. And if you focus only on, on brand and not business, well, I'll have more clients than you. I'll have more credibility than you. So for me, I was like, I gotta attack both wholeheartedly, both. Agreed. Mar marketing has for, put for more marketing, marketing, yes. marketing, and kind of the evolution of marketing has put an emphasis on brand and personalized brand, and yes. now and now you see this even more with even when you go towards traditional businesses, people people associate their fondness of a business with whoever the owner is and their perception around it. That's why you see all these businesses getting canceled because the owner takes a hard stance on something, mm -hmm. and people don't like it even though they still use their product and. Like so what do you think you think personalized brand personalized brand i think is, is more is more important now to the business and I'm, so you say if you have a business apply a personal brand to it yeah um i think brand is now evolving to precede businesses first now it's brand then business before it was business then brand i agree i agree and and 
and so something too, I had this conversation yesterday with somebody that was on my show. Uh, there's a popular Silicon Valley entrepreneur, his name's Balaji that I follow. And he was saying now in Silicon Valley, VCs are looking for founding influencers on a founding team. So it's the, the coder, it's the CEO, and they want a founding influencer because they want to know if you can build a culture within and influence it and influence that outwards as well. So if, VC, if VCs are hopping on this trend, Silicon Valley is usually the, the forefront in terms of innovation. Mm -hmm. So if they see it, then I think this is definitely the direction that the, the things are going. So... For us, our marketing agency, you think what we're doing, implementing this podcast, posting online every day, like you think it, it's going to help in the long run? Yeah, one one hundred percent. Obviously, there's going to just focus on going uh, door to door and getting clients. Of course, there's going to be ha some sort of secret sauce that's going to have to come down the road, and you'll find that along the way. It's something that I've experienced through businesses: is you can't write a five year, ten year outline. You just got you just got to get that baby up into the air. And catch flight, and then let the winds take you to wherever direction Dude, you're you being just, pushed. I like that's beautiful. That's, oh my yeah. goodness gracious! <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's what happens after 50, 53 episodes. Fifty-three episodes and yeah. to two different well, two well, different they, business well, adventures. They say one hundred episodes, you blow up. So you're almost there. It's about average. it's about the well for you. You're not on YouTube yet, so you. Because they said YouTube videos. YouTube. I, from what I've noticed, it's about the two-year mark for podcasters where they start really like catching traction within that, whatever community yeah, that they build. Yeah, and that's guys. That's like a crazy mark two years to have been podcasting two years see to fly it's flown by it's been almost six months now so it's you're one fourth it's of the crazy way one fourth of the way this is one of the reasons why i've done and i'm gonna let you out on a little secret this is why i've been doing two episodes per week instead of one because people and listeners they don't really dive into the timestamps and the markers of uh, of content creation right the average podcaster puts out one podcast every seven days if i'm putting yeah. out two per week if i'm putting right out now. If I'm putting out two per week and they see that I'm at 100, they're like, oh, this guy's been doing it for two years when realistically I've only been doing it for one year. But mm -hmm. I still have the experience of what would be associated with a two-year podcaster. I, for, for, and he's right, this is what's been on my mind. So for, I do want to scale this to two episodes a week. Before we do that, I need to make sure, it's like a hot potato. It's like a hot potato. I need to make sure that, you know, we don't, we're going to lose views right off the top per episode if we do two a week. So I need to make sure we reach. It's like I need to make sure the potato is still hot. Um, and then, of course, I also that's it, need to make sure the potato is still hot. Like I need to carefully transition it to that. And what I like about this is I also want to live stream it to do that, to unload the workload so we don't have to spend time editing two days a week. I do agree with what you said. I think that should be. My, that's one of my focuses for this show. The thing is, you know, I need to have, make sure I have a balance in time. I need to scale and get more people on board before we do this. Uh, but I kind of fully agree with you. He said, he said it best. Like, if you're pulling in these numbers and then they check and see, oh, two times a week. Oh, and then they see how far back mm -hmm. your first episode is. You instantly catapult over the average seven-day podcaster. Mm -hmm. You do. Because even you've noticed, like, our episode had a very good week last week. Yeah, but we had to wait six days. You know, let's see how it does now. Like, you know what I mean? Maybe they wanted some quick action sometimes. Yeah, but I mean, it's definitely a learning process for us. For well, me, I want to ask both of you something. Really sorry. To, how do you get out of your, how, you don't have to necessarily put a podcast out there. How do you get your face out there? How do you create a personal brand? Like how, what makes you get over that? Did you ever have that stigma of like, fuck, I'm scared of what people, I never did personally. So I don't really know. But for example, you did like, how do you put yourself out there? You have to be, you have to be okay with, with feeling vulnerable. 
at the end of the day. Um, we were talking about this before the podcast, but if you go to episode zero of my podcast, I'm using this in personal experience. I basically say, I'm like, I see this huge void in Vegas of a go-to talk show and something of a long-form conversation. And I've been waiting two years for somebody to do this. Nobody has, I don't know how I'm gonna get there. It's probably gonna be crazy along the way. And I'm not good at all, but I promise you that I will outwork people. And if you stick with me, the show the show will come into fruition for for ooh, pound war <laughs> the show will come into fruition for what it needs pause. to be and so he said pound war said pause. <laughs> sorry so you it, you have you have to be okay with feeling vulnerable it's gonna suck i've felt this exact same way through all my different businesses even diving into bitcoin to you know two different llc's the podcast tried other things, tried writing a book. We don't want to know what like, other things <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. It, the, there's always the same common feeling in the beginning is like, it's like the, uh, something of an imposter syndrome. Are people going to like me? Is this going to be successful? Am I going to lose money? Are, are, is my family still going to love me at the end of the day? Like all of these Dude, different, you, all, of the, all of these mental barriers we put up, but once you get past it, you're like, why was, was that, that yeah. even there? Why was that there? Yeah, like, it's mostly the doubts that come on in your head too when you start something new, whether that be just learning a new skill set too. Like mm -hmm. this is for me is a totally new skill set. And I do have these doubts. Like me and Cena, we talked about this. Cena and I. Cena and I. Boom. We talked about this. In, uh, what? When did we talk about this? Back in January? We started talking about this December. So I got hired at Cipriani December 19th. My third shift ever was the first time we talked about December 22nd. Damn, you remember, huh? I'm fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were talking about this, and it was just like we didn't start up in this till like it was recently. the last shit before Christmas. I remember, was, I literally. Remember so let's it. just say the beginning of this year then, or kind of last year, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, what I was trying to say is you were. I found you in the back. You were busting at Cipriani, and I told you this, and you're like, bro, what the fuck? I just met you. Like you're weird. But <laughs> when I met him, I felt his energy. Like you and I have like you can you can probably relate where you feel someone's energy damn like instant like you look good on camera like it would be a good entertainment like segment like you think like that sometimes mm -hmm. that's why I, th I saw John going up to uh <clears throat> never mind I saw John <laughs> <laughs> no I'm kidding I saw John going up to like girls trying to be funny guy and I was like dude you'd be good on camera and it goes back to like saying like a lot of people I talk to a lot of people that don't and even online, I asked, uh, I was talking to this media company and it's called, it's called, I forgot the name, but it was an Instagram account. And I, I DM them. I said, so when I DM, sometimes I leave some nice advice. Like I'm saying, Hey, I love your page. Your design's amazing. Probably one of the best design pages on Instagram. What's, what would be even crazier is if you guys threw your face in there, they responded, Oh no, we, we don't play that. And to me in my head, I was like, but why, why, if it's guaranteed to push you forward, why would you not do that? Why wouldn't you create a personalized brand? Take a step forward. Like, who the fuck cares what people think? Like, I don't care at all what people think. Mm -hmm. You know? That's not true. What do you mean? <laughs> You're hey, bandana, I'm gonna, let's address the bandana. <laughs> yeah, I am it, trademarking please. this bandana. Okay? Every single episode going forward, I will have a bandana on. A different one. I bought five of them. I'm going to buy five every week. No, I won't. But I'm going to buy a lot of bandanas. And I'm trademarking this bandana. Why? Because number one, it's a weird European style. I want to bring go back to my Euro roots. Two, I feel I, it's the first fashion statement I've made in my life. Hey, run with it, man. Yeah. You got to run with it. Okay, let's. Do you like it. the bandana? Fuck. Answer the question. I uh, thought you don't care. It's. it's <laughs> <laughs> I thought you don't care what we think. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. I'm not gonna answer it yeah, so yeah, that no, it just melt. It no, just no, melts no, in no, there. No, 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 never mind. I, t I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. No, but I really don't care what people think. You think I care? No. Okay. No, I'm just trying to make a you do about your 
No, I don't. Do you? No, you're you're comfortable with people. You're comfortable. You're comfortable with whatever anybody's perception is of you. Yes, it, but I would prefer to be positive perception. You know, but I'm you know I feel like I'm a good person. But I'm I guess I have to understand the negative comes with the positive, no matter what. That's what people need to understand when they put themselves out there. Like, just don't be stoic. Don't perception changes too. That's great. People grow over mm-hmm. time. You know, people become more adequate with what your doing, with yeah. your yeah with your consistency. Right. It's like in the beginning when you start something, especially content creation, people are super on board. All of your friends are like, oh, this is dope. This is dope. And then it kind of fizzles off a yeah. little bit and then it slowly trickles up and then you start. Because you're at, you, yeah, yeah, you got to get the through, staircase, yeah, facts. you know, so it, it feels great. And then there's like that low. It's just like it's a wave, just like Hollywood. They say you ride waves, you get up after you have that movie out, you feel like you're on top of the world and then you don't put a movie out for a few months and you're like, God, my life is terrible. This is awful. But over time, that bottom continues to get higher and higher and higher and higher. And so your bottom floor is previously your all-time high. And I think that same like that same wow. method kind of applies. Like that concept applies to entrepreneurship as a whole too. Yes. As entrepreneurs, you know, like you're gonna go through lows and you're gonna go through highs, and you're, it's just a, like you're riding the wave as well. And for you, like for you, Jake, would you say that your entrepreneurship journey has been like more so like that same concept? Yeah, 100%. Lots of ups, lots of downs. There's times where it's not even logical. I was like, all right, I'm running two separate businesses. I was like, you know what? I'll make a billion dollar business out of a local antique store and I'll make a billion dollar business out of this ticket verification app. Logically not going to happen, but that was just something that no, I believe. I disagree. You might have been like, you might be able to pull that off one day. You know, but, but, you been but when you, di- when you set these goals, you, you have this perception that you can get everything there. And if you're not there immediately, you just feel really shitty. Like this is never going to work. It's just like when you launch a podcast and you're not instantly at 10,000 downloads and you're like the whole the world needs to hear my shit what the fuck is going on yeah. right now we felt the same way <laughs> it's it's weird Did we? I, for this i i felt that you didn't but it's it slowly it slowly builds it's like yelling into a void nobody wants to yell into a void that's like that's like you're wasting your time and i feel the same way when i i i, I post my carousels like or something and i you know they get minimal love or well, i actually i surprised at how much love they got but they get they you know what i mean like you know what i mean we're starting mm-hmm. out you know, and it's more so I keep posting. I keep spending two hours a day creating these carousels because I know as I'm building, as I add each carousel to the account, I'm building brand, building connections. And it's kind of that goes back to people are scared to get out of their comfort zone because they don't see immediate results, like you said. Hmm. But man, like, bro, like invest two years, a year into it, and I promise you, you'll see some some results. No, nothing has immediate results exactly. in this world. The high, The faster it rises, the faster it's going to fall. Yeah. The thing that does have whoa, say results. that again. The faster it rises, the faster it's gonna fall. <laughs> why? Why do? Why do? You, why do you say that? Well, here's why. Well, I'm applying. I'm thinking about my art. Like, I'm thinking about like. So my whole journey with this show, man. Like, if you look back on my YouTube, it's still up there. Extra athletics, extra MMA, mm-hmm. all this shit I put at the beginning of this. It's great to look head, back. Thirteen views, five views, mm-hmm. ten views. Great, solid numbers. Ah, killed it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I was trying to say is like. Let's just say this, and it was, I don't know why I kept going, but it was so, like, I post, I kept posting, like, I kept posting and posting, but I didn't see the results. For me, a lot of people want to quit because they don't see the results, but, bro, you need vision, I think. Like, as I was saying, like, you need to have some resilience. You need to believe in yourself and know you're going to get there, you know? People say, we're crazy because we're doing, we're putting our... Well, we're not crazy. Like, I think we're the normal ones. I think we're crazy. I think the people are crazy are the people that are just cool with letting the days go by. 
bro, I value each day now. Every day scares me because no, tomorrow's not promised. I keep saying this. This is a morbid thought, bro. I don't know when life's going to take me. I value each day so much. I can't wait to get to 12 o'clock, then to 2 o'clock. I cherish each hour. And that's weird, but that's why I say, say get out of your comfort zone. is isn't just, to, oh, get out. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to, nah, bro. It's because life's going by, bro. And you need to do something. Like, you dead ass need to do something. Like, something. Like, fuck. Create a youth program. Like, create a youth sports program. Create a library. But do something that you... Find direction because when you live on the edge of life and you find direction, bro, like I will, I don't think I can get, and this is not a, I understand a lot of people deal with mental health problems. I've never been depressed. I, I won't be because like, I won't be sad because I have my direction, man. I know every day where my next day is going to go. Like I have direction and that's why, because I put myself out of my comfort zone, I became vulnerable. This is what you said. And that's why I want everybody to like to do. Like, I'm not saying I'm not, I'm a corny dude now. I've become hella corny. <laughs> no, I have yeah. like. I got to be honest with you. We were just talking about actually how we found, how did our peers find, did we find that shit corny when we were younger? Bro, if I listened to this shit five years ago, I would flame myself. Like, who is this dude trying to be right now? I'm not trying to be anybody though. Like, this is, I genuinely am spitting this game. I genuinely believe this. Like, bro, I will say it till I die, man. Like, EJ, you said it best. It's crazy to not, to not do this shit to me. It's crazy that you're not doing this. Like, that's my thing on it. The thing with comfort zone is like how... How do you think the people watching, like, what are the steps that we can take to, like, get them out of their comfort zone? Because it's not, I don't think everyone knows how to. That's the problem. Jake, you want to answer this first? I have a good idea. I think it just comes down to starting small. Starting very small. I can agree. Understand what you, what your skill set is. What are your skills that you have stacked Fucker, along you the took way? that out of my fucking mouth. There's a, mod, there's, a <laughs> motto, there's a motto that I live by by one of my favorite philosophers and authors. His name's Scott Adams. He wrote Dilbert. Um, he's a kind of political commentator. Scott, now. you would know him, John. His motto is that Along the way, you, you go through all of these different life experiences and you build skills throughout all of them. And then eventually down the road, you stack all of these skills into such a specialized format that nobody else can replicate it. And that's, that's, what, that's what gives you purpose. And shameless plug here, I actually wrote a essay. It's about seven pages on my website. It's called... Um, you have a website? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like a landing page, but it's called the not so simple to designing one's niche. And basically in it, I talk about purpose and niches and what the difference are. And That's dope. How, how society has everything so ass backwards where they, they propose a question of what is your purpose? That's so, so vague, but it's so wide. Like there's no way to understand that without knowing who you are as a person, right? And so the only way to find your purpose is to find your place in society. And how do you find your place? Through a niche. And how do you find your niche? By understanding what skills you possess and how you could combine basically three or four skills into one. And so to use me for an example, right? Like I, I learned skills, how to run a, a brick and mortar business. I learned negotiation skills through having an app. You also having, learned a lot of small skills through that brick yeah. and mortar business. That yeah. You know, yeah, those are the back end things with LLCs. I learned how to, you know, make money through tipping and instant gratification. I learned the financial system through Bitcoin and mm -hmm. kind of 
intertwined everything together to Vegas. And that the reason why nobody started the guest list podcast is because nobody possessed the skills and the network to be able to do it. Nobody, nobody wanted to step out of their comfort zone to actually pr- provide. Exactly. That, right? And it's, su- it sucks stepping out of your comfort zone. Like we were just saying before, but it gets easier over time. Doing this podcast is probably the sixth or seventh different project I've started. Still still felt weird, but weird in the beginning. And even in my first interview, I say that I'm nervous, literally in the beginning. The first words out of my mouth is, sorry if my voice is a little tense. I'm a little nervous for this interview. We said that too on our first episode, huh? Yeah, was, but, we, but, I was but, heated. I was, but, what the but, fuck but, are you saying, bro? <laughs> but, but the main point here is that we were okay with being nervous. You're okay with being vulnerable. You understand that this is a feeling that yeah. is attached to it in yeah. the beginning. And then eventually... You just go down this path and everything becomes comfortable, you know? And then then we go back tying to the conversation. Once you're down the path, now you're at your plateau. And then you have to understand what plateau you're at to go down the next path again and out of your comfort zone all over again. So it's something that repeats over and over again. Mm -hmm. And throughout life, we've stepped out of our comfort zone many times, you know, making your first friend. How terrifying yeah. is that, making your first friend? I don't remember, but yeah. Right? I don't like, remember that, but... Anything I, like that, making your first purchase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything like that, we're always constantly stepping out of our comfort zone. You just have to realize... Handling someone's money, handling a client's money. My first time handling a client's money, I was honestly like... It was recent, too. Like, it was this month. Bro, I was a little nervous because... You know, and then I, you know, when you do it, but I had faith in my preparation and, you know, fortunately for me, it panned out good enough, panned out well. Uh, but in that moment when I was setting up the campaign, I was unsure. I looked at my notes. I was like, bro, it's simple. You know what I mean? It's things I've read before. But just saying, like what you were saying earlier, you said you start small. So you sat down and you thought about your best skill sets, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So for anybody that wants to get out of their comfort zone, instead of overthinking all the, I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to start. I need to be Jay Gallon. I need to start the guest list podcast. Or I need to be Jonathan. I need to start talking too much. I used you as a reference. <laughs> <laughs> but I, these people, like, don't compare. Stop, stop, stop. What makes you you? Because all of us in this room are different people who have different stories. And all of our stories can be bomb if we work hard on it and we, we nurture our skills. I did the same thing you did. You did. You need to do that too. I think you didn't do this. Start small. I thought to myself, "What am I good at? Talking. Boom. Next step. Okay. What else can I pair that with? What marketing? Okay. So marketing agency and how do I pair talking with it? Stuff like this. Like don't think too much. And you don't have. They don't have to do a podcast, right? Do you think everybody has to do a podcast or no? No. Um, It does help though. My recommendation is begin broad internally and then refine it downwards. Okay. And then once you go, then once you begin to go externally. You start small and then eventually broaden outwards. So it's it, for me, it was very easy. I'm only good at one thing, and that's talking. <laughs> so I didn't. It wasn't that broad for me, but I feel you. I start agree internally broad, refine down to small, and then once you're small and you begin to expand outwards, mm-hmm. start small and then branch out af- outwards. So you say everybody's unique. So find what's every, unique to you. Every yeah. single person has two to three unique skills to them, and if you combine them, not many people can match it. Yeah. Seriously. Well, not me, me, me. So not many to clarify. He's not saying you can't reach that level of success. He's saying you can't be me as like I'm being me. Right. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Specialized knowledge. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's weird that when you speak or you present the sort of knowledge that you have, it seems so minuscule and so easy to you. But you've acquired this over time. Through yes. All of your different experiences. Yes. 
Yes. And but at the beginning, I didn't possess all of this, and I had to kind of gather everything at first. But I also wrote everything down on a piece of paper of what I was good at. I separated the people that I knew, what was common in these different networks of all the people that I associated with. What was there a friend that stuck out in multiple groups? Why did I hang out with this person so many oh, times? Wow, you really went. Why? Yourself, why right? am I attached to them? Yeah, you know. And then all these different organizations I was I was a part of. You know, the fraternity. The fraternity. I thought you said orgasms. Not orgasms. Part. <laughs> not many. Not yeah. many. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> That's actually hilarious. Go on. All these uh, organizations. All the different organizations. What's the common area in all these organizations? Was I leader in all of these organizations? What kind of skills? <laughs> sorry. Every time you say that, now I'm sorry. Go ahead. Was I a leader in all of these orgasms? He <laughs> <laughs> yeah, had to say it. Yeah, I had to throw it out there. So were you a leader in all the organizational skills? In all the organizations? Yeah. Come to find out at, next to my bed, um, I have a lot of like different awards that I've won throughout, throughout my life. Participation awards? Yeah. A lot of <laughs> only actually facts. participation yeah, awards. Same here. <laughs> I had a lot of a lot of educational awards. Um, I got like the best um, academic student in sixth grade throughout middle school. I was in like who's who of middle school. Ms. Zetna robbed me of that uh, in sixth grade. <laughs> I didn't start sports until high school. My junior year, I won defensive same. player of the year. Senior year, awkwardly won most improved. I don't know how that. Like, <laughs> I don't. I, I think it's because I went to offense. Yeah. Um, once I got out into the real world in the fraternity, I held executive board positions for two and a half years. I was employee of the month when i worked at planet hollywood planet hollywood planet restaurant hollywood. restaurant or uh, the pool i worked oh. at the pool for five years <laughs> <laughs> yeah same the, here we worked at the pool too <laughs> yeah i worked at so so you know may, maybe it sounds arrogant over you know no, listening to, to, this, to this, this podcast oh, but you this. you have to just understand what skills that you possess and i noticed that I didn't always start out as a leader, but I always ended up being a leader or I ended up being something that somebody looked up to and wanted to replicate their success. And I, and I learned things very fast over time or very fast, not over time, over a short amount of time. And so you kind of just combine those. And if you understand that you're a leader and you learn things really fast, mm -hmm. then you know that you'll get past those pain points, those inflection points quickly and now five months later it seems like there's some infliction points but i've got past the bulk of them in the beginning because of the skills that i had that's beautiful yeah. because i feel just to wrap this up i feel like i think i did the same thing where i thought about the skill sets i had but you know we didn't touch on one part there's a lot of thinking that we keep talking about mm -hmm. just to make sure you guys know to everybody before we wrap this up think all you want but do it as well right do it do stop thinking about the consequence stop nitpicking uh i'm gonna use a reference here mo my friend mo started a twitch stream okay and she for her crochet company and she did one or one episode didn't like how i went and quit i thought it was such an ingenious idea because when we did our twitch video we saw a dude carving wood got it getting one million followers you're telling me a pretty girl Doing crochet on Twitch over one year won't make it if that dude made it in like seven, eight months with marketing. Do you, am I tripping here? I think she could do it. Like, I honestly, we got to talk about Mo doing that and, later. And, and the thing with content too is the exponential growth comes much faster than most businesses. So you, yeah. just, you just have to be. Well, at first it's hard, but guys, when you hit that, when you start getting the, when we get to a thousand, two thousand, watch what happens. When, when you start getting those people starting to follow you, like, 
that's the thing about brand why I think everybody should do it because if you believe in yourself and if you do it, bro, they come to you. You don't have mm-hmm. to search like there. It's not even that. It's it's too much. People come to you. You don't know how to stop it. Yeah, and that's why like we did touch on brand this uh, this uh, episode like why why it's so important and with podcasting like why we started this too was we did want to promote our own branding. Like if you think about the big brands all across like America now. They don't. They probably don't do that much marketing for their brands. Like their customers come to them. Like if you think about because Apple, they did it at the beginning. They yeah. did it at the beginning, and they went through the grunt work to really establish that name. Well, like, they also put out quality products too. For sure. Yeah, it goes hand in hand. You have to put out quality yeah, content as well as you know keep pushing and just being consistent about it. Because this consistency, I think, in the in the long run, will definitely pay off. Yeah, especially now. Yeah, we're just I agree. Starting. But again, you gotta like you gotta be quality as well. You can't just be consistent. You gotta try and improve every week. Of right? course, and that's that goes hand in hand. Um, build it and they will come i agree but and as long as you're improving every week analyzing it and and being consistent you'll get there but you need to have a long-term vision on this right yep definitely Go ahead. um what i'll close mean? it what do you, you mean? want me to close it well we're trying to, i was trying to close um guys it's like getting that girl out of your room at the end yeah, of the day. So listen, uh, yeah well we wouldn't so, know that much about that <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding uh guys Sorry, can I just tell them to follow Go us ahead. on Twitch? That's all I was saying. Guys, follow us on Twitch, man. Jesus, oh, at my. T2M Marketing. Hit the subs. So easy. Yes. Just so follow. Easy. Just get catch our you know, show. The reason I want you guys to follow us on Twitch is because if we grow a large Twitch community, we can get paid monthly. So that is solely my reason for that. <laughs> 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 no, but Who that is why. I'm being honest. Hey, I'm being honest. Twitch community is great. We only record. Listen, being honest with you guys. Or you can subscribe to us on our YouTube. That's a good point. Definitely. Too. Our, our handle is the same all across all platforms, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch. It's just at two tail marketing. That's yes. it. And that's it's so easy to remember. Just there is subscribe. a dot in between T2M and marketing <laughs> on our Facebook side. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I, I if you funny. type in the search bar, it'll come also, up. Also, so easy. Uh, go ahead. We got to give the floor. Guest uh, list. Tell us, the, tell us the accounts, please. Yeah. So I'm actually pretty synonymous too at Jake Gallen on all social media platforms for my personal, if you want to hear my, my words of wisdom and my rants and raves from my, from my personal standpoint, nice. <laughs> pretty fun on Twitter. I get pretty edgy. Um, he's a wild card on Twitter though. If you yeah, sign up for his Twitter, yeah, just be prepared Twitter. to I'm, be, I'm most, I'm most active on Twitter. Um, if you want to follow the, the podcast accounts, it's all, it's at the guest list pod, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Go on YouTube, follow, follow and subscribe, like whatever. On yeah, I like that. Uh, on YouTube, type in the guest list podcast should be there, and then on all of the streaming platforms, type in the guest list podcast or the guest list Las Vegas. I had to add that little Jake name. When, if we ever end. make it in like five years, can you? We have a political show, just a straight. Political. Oh, if we if to the point where we can't, if we don't care about what other people, I'm think. Th- I, I, I'm so open to talking about politics. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not that open about uh, it. Yet. I'm all about I'm it. Even. I think it's the frame of reference yeah. that you put into it. But yeah, look look me up on the audio platforms. I'm on all of them: Spotify, Apple, Amazon's in the game now. Google Podcasts. Spotify is big now, right? We got to hit Spotify. Spotify, yeah. Spotify is trying to take over the game. Apple. They're Podca- trying to take over the audio game for sure. Apple Podcast has over fifty percent of the market share, so I would just say that's the easiest because most people. What do you have think? And quickly before we just curiosity, do you think Spotify will sur- surpass Apple? Podcast? No, just because at, as long as Apple runs the smartphone space they'll always be in charge because that speaks volumes to steve jobs greatness yeah 75 percent of uh podcast consumption is through a smartphone oh wow okay that's a that's fair Mm -hmm. well 
Jake. <laughs> <laughs> we thank you for being on our podcast. Um, it was really, really great having you. You provide so much value for us, like especially us starting out. Like it's just yeah, here, uh, us starting out. I'm starting <laughs> out just now. It's not well, like I recorded fifty five. Oh yeah, John Cena. You <laughs> we are can't, John you, Cena. You can't see me, Can but I'm, tell, I'm no, glad. No, yeah. Can I'm, you tell people, John? You talk to John Cena. Tell, tell yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> John Cena. All day. No, guys. It's it's been an honor. Um, I, Thank you so much. Nah, thank you. It's, it's an honor to be your first guest on here. You guys have something really special here, I think. This conversation has been amazing. You know, I've actually had some of my own reflections during this conversation as well. Some epiphanies. So I, it's, I don't know if I believe you saying it's that great. you're being no, honest or you're just being a homie right now. It, it, it's great to be able to have an open format conversation because it's something that the world needs today. Do you think this episode was loose? Do you think our convo was loose? Or do you, what do you think we should like? It's, it's engaging. It's okay. fun. I've, I kind of group all conversations together it's just like are you honest are you open are you trying to hide something you know if if everyone has complete undivided attention of somebody after about 40 minutes you feel like you've known somebody for for years like you know isn't it, like, isn't, know isn't it weird isn't it weird there's a weird there's a power there's a power and connection there and the Conversation socializing is something that <laughs> it's something that the world and society has been doing for such a long time. Radio preceded TV, so humans are going to continue to communicate for centuries. And the fact that we can do this here, this time, and talk about tough subjects, uh, it means a lot to to myself and a lot to the and, listeners. And facts, well. facts, good shit, Jake. You do, Boom. you do belong to talk too much yeah, podcast. You do, you, <laughs> do, you do talk too much. <laughs> 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 Thank you guys. So, you guys are awesome.